This is episode 86 of Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Irfan Gafar from fourth period is here to tell you about the situation with the Vancouver Canucks. But before we get to today's episode, a quick word from our sponsor. G2G Protein Bars are the best protein bar on the market and are available for you to taste for yourself. Made of all natural ingredients and homemade, G2G Protein Bars will help you get through the day with the healthiest piece of protein that you will be able to consume. G2G Protein Bars. Get yours today at g2gbar.ca. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Sit back and enjoy stories and insight from sports icons from all over. Are you kidding? This is Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Today's guest is reporter and contributor for the fourth period, Irfan Gafar. Irfan, it's a great pleasure to have you, man, from beautiful British Columbia, West Coast, Best Coast, all the cliches you can think. It's, it's awesome to have you on, man. Welcome to the show. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Right now, I don't, you can't, I don't think you can see outside, but it's absolutely awful the weather right now so yes it's the west coast is the best coast just not for the last week i thought you were saying something along the lines of the vancouver canucks uh third line was outside the window but maybe maybe sorry i'm just maybe there's a bit of miscommunication on it being awful outside so well third line you can say that about their first line too so there's that the canucks have just they're a weird team man I've heard like it was maybe two, three years ago that they looked like there was a lot of promise and they have young players, Patterson, et cetera. But now people are calling for the owner to be fired or sell the team, all these sorts of things. What's happened in Vancouver? You've seen it with a little bit more of a closer eye. What's your take on what's been brewing at Rogers Arena? I don't know how much time we have for this, but I'll, I'll try and give you I'll try and give you the Coles notes here. Um, look, I mean, this fan base is 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 uh it's an interesting one it's a unique one at that for sure they care a lot about their team and i think that in the eight years that you know jim benning has been general manager of this team and been at the helm of it i i think that there's been a lot of um angst among the fan base just because of kind of what's went on you have basically two playoff appearances one playoff round win and that was in the bubble really in eight years. So I think that that's where, you know, the animosity comes, the spending, the things like that. But three years ago, you know what? There was promise. You get guys like Brock Besser. You draft guys like Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. You trade for JT Miller. You name Bo Horvat your captain. You get Thatcher Demko. Like, these are guys that are the core of your team. And unfortunately for this season, heading into this season, defensively, I didn't think that they were that good before the season started. I thought that Tucker Pullman was a nice addition at $10 million. I'm not sure. I know that they went out and, you know, did the work to get OEL. And then Connor Garland in that trade was probably going to be the best pickup for them. And it's proving out to be that, but defensively there was an issue there and it's just their big dogs. Haven't been their big dogs. So this person hasn't been good. Brock Besser has been okay. Right. And then you look at guys like JT Miller and, and, and Bo Horvat who've been okay as well, but Connor Garland's probably been their best forward this season. And unfortunately, if your best players aren't your best players, you're not going to go very far in this league. It is unfortunate for Vancouver because considering, like you said, if they're weak defensively and if they have to rely on their big guns and if they don't play well, then you can really see how things start to unravel. It's not like they have a roster with no talent on it, but if they don't play 
up to the standard that they're held, then you can see where the disaster starts to occur. Even for here, the Winnipeg Jets in town have started to had questions raised about Paul Maurice and how there haven't been much changes. Not to say Paul Maurice is a bad head coach by any means because he's been great for Winnipeg. But at the same time, if you look at things start to decline from when you get to the conference finals and you can't get there or even the playoffs for the next few years, or you get bounced in the first round, then people start to ask questions in Vancouver questions have been flying around for, as you mentioned, many more years than they have in Winnipeg, considering they only have had, like you said, two playoff appearances and one in the bubble. So the bubble, I don't even really count that because no, I don't like, either. It, it's, it's just a generous, here's what a, a first round would look like if we were handing out participation trophies to teams that are on the cusp. But now the Bulls are flying for real. There's no Canadian division. There's no playing the same team a hundred times and hoping that just the repetitiveness gives you the opportunity to win. They're struggling. What do you think are some of the immediate things that could be done to remedy the situation of Vancouver. Although, as you mentioned before, this could be an entire podcast series about what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I think the easy question is the coach. I mean, the easy answer is probably the coach. Look, I think the biggest thing is when you, if you affect change and you want change to happen, the change that you're going to do it immediately, it needs to affect that dressing room. I think that, you know, whether it's via trade, whether it's via trading the head coach or, you know, maybe even the general manager for that. I, I don't know organizationally what they're, what they're planning on doing. Um, from the ownership group, I know he is very hands-on and, and the Aquilini family, they, they do care about this team a lot and, and they obviously want the best for them. But I think that Jim Benning, to be completely honest, you know, the the clock, the time's almost run out for Jim Benning. It's been eight years and, you know, this team hasn't really gotten any better. And, you know, Travis Green just signed a two-year extension before this season started. So are you really going to let your head coach go and, and, and bring in maybe his assistant and Brad Shaw just to kind of, you know, hold the four down for a little bit or do they chalk up this season as a wash and just clean up the entirety next summer and do a full revaluation, but it's going to get to a point where you look at it and your young players aren't getting any younger, you know, at least Pedersen Quinn Hughes. Yes, they are young. Brock Besser as well. Bill Horvath's 26 years old. Tanner Pearson's not getting any younger either. Connor Garland's not getting any younger. These guys are all of ages where, you know, they're, they're going to start to get on the wrong side of certain numbers soon. So if you're, wanting to compete for a Stanley cup. I, I think that the, the, the change that you need to have, the change that needs to happen, you need to make a trade, right? Cause you're probably gonna, not going to be able to afford Brock Besser next season. Um, and if you're going to do a coaching change, you probably should do it now or just clean house right from the top down and, and, and just start completely fresh. And that's where I think that they may be leaning. And if this season gets a lot worse, because it, it probably can, I, in my mind thought that they did hit rock, hit rock bottom. I thought that there was a game a couple games ago where they just didn't play for each other at all. And at that point, when you look at a team and you say, okay, well, just nobody cares at this point. Um, and that's where I thought that it was officially rock bottom, but you never know, man, it, it, it could get way worse. And then at that point, you probably will see a change very, very imminent. It is tough because even again, alluding to Winnipeg, they lost to Arizona last night, one, nothing. That's probably one of the worst wins you can have in hockey and regulation to yeah. not even score and to lose to a team that has, the number of wins you can count on one hand, if that, and with Vancouver, as you mentioned, when players stop caring, I think that's probably the worst sign of all, whether they lose by 10 or even if they win, when the, when they stop caring, that's the foundation. And if the floor comes from underneath them, it's going to be really bad. I, I, my heart goes out to the fans of Vancouver. They've been oh so patient for oh so many years, 
but the heartache and the struggles that they've experienced is more than any franchise's fans can handle at this point. So I think that it's probably, like you said, time for Vancouver to clean house, because if they don't, if you don't change anything, nothing changes like that old saying goes. Yeah. I mean, look, I agree. I think that, you know, everyone that I've talked to around the league, a lot of people in different in different um, industries and, 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 and in different markets, you know, they all, they all thought that change was coming a while ago. And, and you know what, to be completely honest, I thought that they were going to make a change last week. Um, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to play it by ear. They're, they're going to stick to what they said. And obviously in that room and in, and in that general manager's room and in that coaching office and in the ownership office, there's a plan. There's obviously a plan in place that we don't know, or they have something cooking that we, we don't know. So that's the interesting thing here. And I think that there's a lot of names that have been circulated now as to, who could be the next successor for Jim Benning? Do they, are they going to go the president of hockey ops route? Who could the next head coach be? So there's definitely a lot of different scenarios that you're going to see play out here in everyone's mind and all over social media over the next little while. But until something actually happens, this is still Jim Benning's team and this is still Travis Green as the head coach. It's maybe going to turn into the Jack Eichel saga, but instead yeah. just who's the next head coach. And I'm going to see 6 trillion TikToks on, okay, simulator who's gonna be the next vancouver head coach yeah who's gonna be the next vancouver gm like it's those i think are really great for media attention but when it comes to the team i can only imagine how demoralizing it is to just be talked about only because everyone doesn't like your coach or the way that your organization is being run and when you're a player on that team it makes you feel disrespected and when there is that the synchronicity is gone in the locker room that's just it's a bad situation overall for the team yeah, and, and I think that, look, I've talked to a lot of players in the room and, and some former players as well. And, and, and I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about the animosity in the room and, and, and things like that. And I don't believe in some of the fights that, you know, we've seen being reported on Twitter that are happening. But when you lose, it's not fun, right? And, and if you're a young guy that's used to winning and used to being the guy and used to winning all the time, being used to losing isn't something that it's easy to get used to. Right. And you don't want to make losing a consistency. And right now, losing is the only consistency right now within this Vancouver Canucks team. And I think that's the unfortunate part. So, yes, there's frustration in the room. I don't think guys are fighting like like it's being reported. I, I think that, yes, you know, there may have been arguments here and there. But if you're a competitive team and you're a competitive um, person, which a lot of guys in those room are that room are that's that's how they got to the NHL. I think you want to see that from your team and your teammates. But I don't think that there's the biggest, the, the infighting and, and guys not liking each other on, on levels that what we've seen being reported. Um, I also think that, you know what, it, it's, it's unfair to the players. You know, you, you look at the situation and they're the only ones at the end of the day that have to get themselves out of this. You read, you write, they say they don't, they read it, they write it, they see it. You know, they're watching, you know, the TSNs and the sports nets. And when they're in the States or they're a TSPN or TNT, they're seeing what's being said about them. So to be completely honest, it's not fun to look at the screen every day and say the Vancouver Canucks suck. Like if you're a player, it's just, it's just not fair. So again, at the end of it, I've, I've always said that the players are the only ones that are going to get themselves out of it. And, you know, they got to win the other night. They have a big game again coming up and there are no easy games in this national hockey league anymore. I don't care if you're playing the Arizona Coyotes as Winnipeg just showed, or, or if you're playing the Seattle Kraken or, or a team like the Vancouver Canucks or even the Ottawa Senators, no easy games anymore, especially if you're a bottom dwelling team. They do have now some expendable pieces considering the fact that they're going to have to acquire assets for whatever new GM and coach are going to come in. 
who are the pieces that you keep to build around and who are the players that you believe are expendable in this scenario? I mean, look, I think if you're asking me, the untouchables probably on this roster are Brock Besser, or sorry, are um, Bo, or no, Bob Horvat, sorry, Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko. The guys that you can are expendable are the Brock Bessers, um, maybe JT Miller, and those and those type of players. But the Vasily Podgolskin, uh, Niels Hoglander, they're probably not going to trade those players. I mean, unless the returns are incredible, I, I, I don't see the Canucks making a move like that, but... They're going to get to a point this season where other teams are calling and other teams have been calling. They've been calling about players. I don't know who they've been calling about, but they have been calling. Jim Benning's phone has been ringing. We do know that as to, you know, um, what a possible deal could look like for certain players. Brock Besser is the easy one because his qualifying offer is going to have to be north of seven and a half million dollars. And I just don't see them financially being able to afford that, especially if you're going to sign JT Miller and you're going to sign uh, Bo Horvat whose extensions are up and who's, who needs extensions basically at the end of next season. So when you look at that, I think the easy answer is probably Brock Besser. But right now there are really, in my opinion, other than three players, there are no untouchables on that roster. It'll be interesting to see how things unfold in the lower mainland over the next few weeks or even months, depending on how long it takes for the changes to be made. But in the meantime, the Canucks still have to show up and face each opponent the best they can because when you if you fold fold or roll over and die then that's just really it really says a lot about the morale of the team and i know for example the worst team post lockout in terms of record was i think it was the 2016-17 Colorado Avalanche and when you look at winning 9 games even in a shortened season even in a shortened season or if it's 82 games and you're only winning less than 15 it just it doesn't do well for the city, especially considering you look at a place like Vancouver, the BC Lions have extremely fair weather fans. They only show up if they're good and they haven't been good for a while. For the morale within the city of Vancouver, the Lions, as mentioned before, fair weather fans, it's really difficult for people to get excited about the Canucks when they're the main team that people focus on. And when the Whitecaps play in the opposite season and they're not playing, even if they're doing good, it just brings down the city as a whole. And I know that people in Vancouver definitely enjoy their sports considering it's the second most populous urban area in all of Canada. When the Canucks are doing bad. It's just not good for the city and it doesn't add to the miserable rain, not weather, but rain that is present in BC in Vancouver throughout the entire winter. So hopefully Vancouver can th- turn things around, knock on wood for the city and also for the organization, because it's just, it's not fun when Vancouver isn't good. You want Canadian teams to be competitive, you don't want them to be seen as a laughing stock. I mean, Toronto already carries most of that, but Vancouver, yeah. they don't need to add to that anymore. I think that for Canadian teams, I think in all of the markets, right? If if if, if the Canadian hockey team is doing well, that's that's the way the market goes, right? And, and even some American cities, if if the hockey team is the number one team in that town and and, and it's going well, it, they, things are good for the city. I think it can be said about any team, but. This one, you're right, is different. The, the, the BC Lions, look, they haven't been good for a while. They just got new ownership. So we'll see what happens there. The Whitecaps made the playoffs, right, for, for the first time in a long time. And they they definitely turned their season around with the coaching change um, halfway through this season. So that that's an interesting one to kind of look at. But I think for the Vancouver Canucks, um, look, they're, when they're good, they're, they're, they're the only show in town. And, and, it's, and it's been proven. And Vancouver, this city, likes to support a winner. And the fan base, like I've said before, is is it's an interesting one. It's a very unique one. 
Um, it's passionate on every level, whether it's, you know, going to the games and then, you know, these are the people that are paying money, their hard earned money to go to games. So if you're buying tickets, you're entitled to, you know, do whatever you want, basically cheer boo to an extent. I, I, I believe, um, you can say whatever you want on social media. It's easy to do that and hide behind a keyboard. I, I've, I've definitely seen that and, and, and learned that in, in many different ways. But the, you know, I think the biggest thing is that there's just been so much consistency and so much celebrating mediocrity within this organization since forever. Like 94 is celebrated. Like it, they, they, they didn't win. 2011 is celebrated. They didn't win, you know, and you have these young guys now and it's like, okay, do you have a guy that's like a Pavel Bure and you see the Elias Pedersen and now you have the Daniel Hendricks and then the tide has turned from them. And now it's time for these young guys to take ownership of this team and call this city theirs. And when you see seasons like this and seasons that have happened over the last maybe six or seven that haven't been good with the exception of the bubble one, and like you mentioned before, you don't really count that. Neither do I. What really is there for this team? And I think that that's the biggest question. And that's why fans are so pissed. It is unfortunate, but we will, we do know that at the end of the day, the parody clock will take its turn. Vancouver will have to create a change. If they're going to see a change, will it result in them getting better? We will have to wait and see. So, Irfan, we are getting towards the end of our time on today's episode. So I want to ask you three rapid questions to have a little bit of fun before Do we it. go. And then on a positive note and not be so sad yeah, about like the unfortunate it. situation that is the Vancouver Canucks. All right. I like it. I'm in. What is your favorite hockey movie? Uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks. Who is your favorite NHL broadcaster, play-by-play or color? Oh, NHL broadcaster, play-by-play, or color? Oh, man, that one's tough. I'm oh, putting me on the spot. You can give your favorite duo. You can give your favorite duo. like the. Well, Shorty and Chief would be my favorite duo just because they're here and I see them all the time and, and things like that. But um, on a national scale, look, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of what Harder Ryan does. I, I, I think that, you know, he, he does really good work. Um, but to be completely honest, man, I love Rick Ball's call. Well, there you go. That's those are great guys that, that you named. Kevin BX account as a color analyst. Pardon? Does Kevin BX account as a color analyst, or is he just an analyst? I that counts. Yeah, I got on the panel. Yeah, he's he's really good. I think he's he's won over a lot of fans outside of uh, the former Vancouver Canucks stands. Yeah, yeah. And my final question for you is: What is your favorite childhood sports memory? Oh wow childhood sports memory actually you know what this one's hilarious so in grade my grade 11 year we were one win away from provincials in basketball and it's a memory for all the wrong things but it's hilarious so we were playing again it was a school out of maple ridge and they had this player named jacob dirksen who if you google him i think he was a really good two-sport athlete in high school he scored 63 points against us and we lost oh my goodness wow that's yeah it was great it's funny. I'll, I'll always remember it because it was funny. I also played against Rob Sacre, who dunked like eight times in one game against us, which was wild. Didn't he? He went to Hansworth, I think, right? Yeah, he went to Hansworth, and then he obviously was, you know, uh, went to the Lakers and or Gonzaga and the Lakers. Yeah. Wow, that's that's hilarious. That's. Yeah. I mean, but when you're living in Vancouver, it's like the the less populated version of the Los Angeles urban area, and in Canada, you always see those celebrities that make it in sports, albeit there there aren't many, but the Robert Sockers of the world will get their jersey retired somewhere in North Vancouver at Hansworth Secondary, <laughs> not for the Los Angeles Lakers. But that is a great story. And with that, Irfan, I want to thank you for having been on today's episode. It was a great pleasure. 
to speak with you, to have you give analysis on the Vancouver Canucks and have a little bit of fun from the lower mainland of BC. And I wish nothing but great sunshine for you sometime in the near future, hopefully in the next three months. It's been awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you for listening to today's episode with fourth period contributor Irfan Gafar. First and goal from the one. This is it. Stiegel. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Check out our social media pages for more at huddleup underscore MB. For full audio, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For full video, head over to YouTube at Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Tune in next week for another great episode. See you next time.